sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks. And before I introduce the people that's going to help me navigate the show, I just want to tell you how you could participate with Road to Damascus. You could participate by writing us via email. That's Road to Damascus. That's Road to Number Two Damascus at iCloud.com. Or you can reach us on social medias. We're on Instagram as well as Twitter, as well as Threads and TikTok. And that's Road to Damascus. That's Road to Number Two Damascus. Reach out to us, email us, tell us how much you like the show, how much you don't. Show topics, show ideas. And I'm going to put this out here as we uh, get into the show. If there's anybody who listens intently and y'all disagree with a lot of the things that we say, reach out to me because I've been trying to find people to come on the show that can um, express their disagreements in a precise, cohesive, intelligent manner. I would love to have a conversation with you can lead to you possibly appearing on the podcast. Um, but just reach out to me um, because I'm, I'm looking for an antagonist as the young people would say, or as they say in movies, but um, any feedback is appreciated. We love you. And now on to the show. Let me introduce this person. I always got to find a different way to introduce them. But I'm going to introduce them in a special way today. This person is a mentor for me. Someone who has not been in my life for a long time. But the short time that they've been in my life has been an effective time. They have instilled a, a, a lot into me. They've blessed me with their presence, their wisdom, their knowledge, their understanding. We've laughed together. We've cried together. We've prayed together. I appreciate her from the bottom of my heart. And the best compliment that I, as a person, can call somebody is a friend and a sister. So my friend, my sister, Rabbi Shonda. Save us up to the people, Rabbi. I know you weren't expecting that. <laughs> I, was, I was not. See? I'm a, little, I'm a little choked up. But I mean every word of it. I love you. I appreciate you. You know, you come do this show with me every week. You consistent with it. And I know, like, Stefan isn't able to do it because of what he's doing in Lauren, but um, I appreciate you. You come here, you drop nuggets, you drop wisdom. Um, you have been much um, a blessing to the podcast, a blessing to me personally. So I just want to thank you because it's only thing I pay you with is with love <laughs> and admiration. You know, you're doing this out of the kindness of your heart. So I am very appreciative of you, and I thank you for that. Wow. You know what? I'm I'm not about to be emotional <laughs> with you today. <laughs> I love you. This is one of the highlights of my week. I look forward um to this. And when we can't get together, I miss it. Absolutely. Then, I feel the a same. Build up right, like, of what I need to share. And absolutely. let me say this. I don't know if, if people really understand the the importance of, of one of real friendship. But having somewhere or having someone who is a safe space for you to really just be is really important. Like, I don't have to pretend, you know, when I'm in here, when we're in here, I don't have to be something that I'm not. I don't have to, you know, be reserved. I don't have to worry about 
oh, am I about to be too much? I can just be me. Whatever that is in that moment, I can be it and not have to worry about it. Um, I can be vulnerable if I need to be. You know, I can air it out if I need to. And our love never changes. And so, yeah, I, I appreciate you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we start the show, you know how we start off? How has God been guiding for you? Well, you know what? It The holiday season is upon us. It's the holiday season. <laughs> he never lets me go by myself. <laughs> you know, the holidays is upon us. And, you know, for a lot of people, you know, who are in my position where, you know, we have lost our parents, um, it could be in a, a difficult time. But I am very thankful for the community that God has given me um, that really surrounds me and, and loves me. And it's not something that they do just because it's holiday season. It just so happens to be the holiday season. And it reminds me of the community that I have. You know, God has been, he's been loving me. He's just been loving me. And it was something that I said. I said, God, you know what? I, I, just, I, I just want to know that you love me. Not that he's not doing it all the time, but sometimes you just want something extra from daddy. Absolutely. And he's been guiding for me like that, just reminding me in so many small ways that he loves me. Amen. Amen. Um, so my God has gotten isn't a personal God has gotten, but just um, I had posted on our Instagram story that um, Hawk Hogan, gave his life to Christ, him and his wife. And anybody who knows me knew growing up, I was a huge wrestling fan, just yeah, huge wrestling fan, ultimate warrior, the macho man, Randy, Randy Savage. Savage. Oh yeah. You know, and just, um, but in the last few months we've had, um, well-known people, um, Hulk Hogan, daddy Yankee, Kat Van Du, give their lives to Christ. And, not that a celebrity giving their life to Christ is any better or any different than a regular person giving their, and when I say regular, meaning non-celebrity giving their life to Christ. But when these people are giving their lives to Christ and using their platforms to advertise it is powerful yes. because people need to see that. So for somebody like me, even though I've already given my life to Christ, how many people grew up watching Hulk Hogan were Hulkamaniacs? Yeah. Say your prayers and eat your vitamins, brother. Right. You know what I'm saying? So he really praying. Nah, we know that wasn't just a saying. Nah. Um, but just to see them giving their lives to Christ and using their platforms to talk about it. Daddy Yankee at a at a his last show um, at the very end spent about seven, eight minutes just telling people how God is good. Couldn't understand it because it wasn't English, but. Right. Um, how God is good following him and how this was his last concert and how he's going to use his sphere of influence to try to bring people um, into the kingdom. And yeah. so it's just a beautiful thing to see God's spirit pouring out the way he said it would with these people who have a sphere of influence. Yes. That, I mean, like I said, in the mid eighties to late eighties, early nineties, Hulk Hogan was like Shonda. He was just, like, he was wrestling. Yeah. He was wrestling. 
And whichever one he went to, I went to. Right. Yeah. When he, he was in WWE and went to w- WCW right. and, and became Hollywood Hogan, it was still Hulk Hogan, yep. though, you know, so. Um, and but he had a reality show. Yeah, he had a reality show. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, but just to see that. So, amen to that. And um, hopefully um, we start to see more of this and, and, and more sphere of influence uh, flying around. So, Rabbi, this is um, we're recording two days before Christmas and one week before the new year. And I try to do our seasons based on like the years like. So this will be actually show 31 for us. This is the most shows we've done in a year since I've started the podcast. Um, So I'm thankful for that. And how I wanted to do this show is kind of a year in review, but it's not a year in review where we're playing clips and, you know, looking back. No, I just wanted to look back on some of the topics that we had and just kind of be a devil's advocate and just kind of, you know, because we talk about things and I'm going to try to be the antagonist since we don't have a true antagonist. And um, just it's not going to be every show and every topic because I said we've done 30, but just a few of them that I think were very popular. Some of the things that we've talked about that um, are can sometimes um, have a friend of ours saying that we're going to be getting kicked out of church and be having service in their basement. So that's a <laughs> shout out for you. Um, so. The very first show we had this season, we had our pastor on, Pastor Keith, and we talked about um, the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and speaking in tongues and how in the last two years, um, but really in the last year, that has become a very big push of, do you have to speak in tongues? Is yeah. I mean, it's it's... And these are people who videos I've watched, who I've respected, who. So these aren't just, you know, people you just, okay, who's this guy? But, you know, people who you would say, people who I would say are learned. You understand what I'm saying? And they're giving their opinion. So, um, Shonda, I don't think you need the Holy Ghost as evidence that you need. I don't think the Holy Ghost in speaking in tongues is evidence that you are saved. There are other gifts of the spirit that we don't require people to have and, or we don't push as much. And these, and, and it's mentioned as, um, and it's mentioned in that terms. Also, we don't have people to interpret the tongues when they do it in church. So what say ye? Um, I say that you are correct in that there are other gifts that are not a requirement that that you have because I can't require you to have <laughs> a gift. I can't re- require you to have something that I don't have the ability to give to you. You're gifted where you're gifted. The requirement is that wherever you're gifted, you use that gift to win souls for 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 Christ. Tongues is spoken of in the word as a sign to the unbeliever that the Holy Spirit is now present. Otherwise, how would you know? How would you know? Okay. It is there. 
it is a part of the plan of salvation. You do need it. And for those of you who say, I don't think I do, I would rather you have it and not need it than need it and not have it. It is the language of heaven. And when you are sitting in your secret place and your heart is overwhelmed within you and you are feeling downtrodden and in despair, there's nothing that can lift you quicker than that than surrendering yourself to the language of heaven that is a direct connection from here to the lap of God. And speaking in that language lifts you, it fills you, it energizes you, it restores you, it heals you, it puts you right in the face of God, in his lap, beyond the veil, into the secret place where you get what you need. Okay, so what about at church service Mm -hmm. when people are speaking in tongues? Uh Uh-huh. And there's nobody there to interpret tongues. Mm -hmm. We know that Paul talks about in your private prayer places. But Mm -hmm. what about in public displays when you're in church and you might have visitors and and have the service at charismatic services at some point burst out and speaking in tongues and there's nobody there for interpretation. And the Bible says that there has to be somebody there for interpretation. What say ye? I say if I am speaking to you and I start to speak in tongues, then I need to be able to give you an interpretation of that, or you have no idea what is being said to you. But if I am in a moment of joy and my cup has just bubbled over, there's no need for you to understand what I'm saying because I'm not talking to you. And when you go into charismatic churches and you, you see that and you hear that, you also feel that. There's nothing you can do. Now, if I'm, up, if I'm up and I have the mic and I burst into tongues, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. If you are doing a public prayer, then you do have control over that. But if I'm over here and I'm in my seat and I'm minding my own <laughs> business and I'm in connection with Holy Spirit and we having a, a, a private, you know, we having a secret session in public that you can view, and I am speaking in my language to him. There's no need for you to understand that because he's talking to me. He and I are talking with each other. And last question. When Paul showed up to Ephesus, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? Mm-hmm. So he acknowledged them as believers. He acknowledged that they were followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. Then he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? Mm-hmm. Now, is there a difference between the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost? Because we've heard both terms be used. Was he talking about speaking in tongues? What, what say ye? I don't think there's a difference between the Holy Spirit and, and the Holy Ghost. I don't think there's, there's a difference. But you say that you are a believer. Okay. That, all right, great. We're getting somewhere. You say <laughs> you're a believer. Okay. What's, what's the evidence? I confess with my mouth, I confess with my mouth and believed in my heart that Mm -hmm. Jesus is Lord. Okay, and he's coming to your life. Where's your proof? What did he do when he got there? I don't know. This is what he's going to do when he get there. He's going to speak. He's going to let you know. He's going to make a declaration that I have arrived. He's going to speak out of you a language that you have never spoken before. It will be undeniable. It'll be infallible. It'll have nothing to do with you. It'll just be your vocal cords. 
that, ladies and gentlemen, is a miraculous experience that you will tell the world about and that you will never forget. God evidences himself. Absolutely. So when I say, or when it is said to you, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? It is one thing to confess with your mouth and to believe with your heart. It is another thing when the Holy Spirit from within you confesses with your mouth what you have believed with your heart. Amen. So another thing we talked about on that show is our pastor wanted to bring up was the pro-life, pro-choice. I believe I'm pro I'm pro-life. I respect your body. Mm-hmm. But I should be able to tell you what to do because you are murdering an unborn child. Why do you think it's okay to murder an unborn child? God has brought this child into the to the world. He doesn't make mistakes, even though we as people do. Mm-hmm. So why is it okay for me to have a law to allow you to murder? <laughs> okay, <clears throat> here we go. Let's go back. Take a trip with me, B. Let's go back to the garden. We'll put these trees in the garden, and I'm going to say, you can eat of every tree except this one. I'm not going to take this tree out of the garden. I'm just going to tell you not to do it. Now what do you have? Choice. How is it that God will give me choice, but the government doesn't? How is it that God gives me choice? I set before you life and death, blessings and curses, good and evil for you to choose. Now choose me because I am the way, but you still have choice no matter what. So why is it that when it comes to my body, you say I have no choice? It just doesn't follow the protocol. I would that you choose life. I would that you choose to not kill. I would that you choose to not lie. I would, I wish that you wouldn't talk about each other. I wish that everybody would just get along. But you have the choice as to whether or not you want to do it. I would that you understood free speech and governed yourself accordingly and understood that there are consequences. You can say what you want, but no, but but people still don't. But they have the choice. Choose wisely. No, I choose what I want. But then when it comes to my body, you want to tell me what to choose? That's not your decision to make. You can't force me to choose not to eat from the tree. You can't force me to choose life. You can't force me. If God is not forcing me to love him, if he's not forcing me to do what he said, what makes you think you can do it? The only thing we can do is educate people and give them the truth and say, hey, choose wisely. But you don't have the right to tell me what to do with my body because I ain't married to now one of you. So you don't have the right to tell me what to do. I think uh, I ain't got much more <laughs> for that one. <laughs> I ain't got much more for that one because every other reason and that they be bringing up just be pew, pew. Right. How, how's it that you pro-life until the kid is born? 
Oh yeah, well, no, you 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 don't even want to. You don't even want to give help, right? Once the kid is here, right? Like you care about this unborn fetus, but the minute the baby is here, now it's a burden on society, right? You want me to choose to have him so you can choose to kill him, cause y'all kill him. No wick, no no uh uh pre um pre um. Prenatal care. Prenatal care. No um, um, pre-K schooling for the kids right. so parents can go back to work. Because we don't live in a society today where a woman can have a baby and right just stay home. She right. got to get back to work. No after school uh, programs or anything like that. Y'all taking that. arts out of the school. Right. These, I remember when I was in elementary, we used to have after school yep. program. Matter of fact, you're going to laugh at this. When I was in elementary, we had an after-school program that was ran by a gentleman who was also like a dancer. Mm-hmm. Like we, and only reason we found out is because some moms knew. You know, you always find out somebody. Right, mom right. was like, "Wait, Mr. his name was Mister P," and it was funny because he did it at different schools. Like okay. he would run these after-school programs, but that was the job that paid the bills. Right? Because I remember he came to the school one day with this jacket and it looked like a a cloak but it was made out of money mm-hmm. and he had told us that they had did this for his birthday and we was thinking like wow what kind of birthday did you have right. that you right. had is a oh right. that, that was the, <laughs> but I'm just saying the school was able to fund to right. have these programs yeah like they don't have none of that anymore no and it's sad it's sad <laughs> so um but yeah that was that was how we started the year was, I mean, if you're going to come into the year, that's that's how you do it. <laughs> well, but I mean, but that had been talked about a lot. That yeah. that And it's still being talked about and argued and debated. Um, it's, it's, it's a trip when you think about it. Uh, we had talked about uh, the Grammys, the slap with Will Smith. Um, kind of just. Slap heard around the world. <laughs> absolutely. That don't even seem like that was this year. It Does really, it? It seems like it was a long. It was time seemed like ago. it was like way longer right. than this year. He's like, wait, that was this. Slapped us back a few years. <laughs> so we did a show about um, believers trusting God's timing, and do we trust His timing? And you're like, wow, well, I don't. Really, I know I'm gonna bring some of these up. You're right. like, we talked about that. Um, so when it comes to God's timing, is it okay? I feel like it's okay for me to. Do what I have to do. I mean, I know God said this blessing is going to come, mm-hmm. but I can go on and help it along, can I? What do, what do you mean? What do, what do you mean help it along? Meaning like if God told me uh-huh. that my business is about to blow up in the okay. next three months, that these customers are about to start flooding, mm-hmm. and it's okay for me to find ways to, to help these customers come into the door, right? I mean, he said it was going to happen. So if I uh, use some fake advertisement or I use some means to just get people in the door, because God said it was going to happen anyway, right? That's okay. No, it's not okay. But he, I mean, he said it's going to happen. So uh-huh. why can't get some, you know, make people think that Sade going to be here singing and <laughs> T-Pain going to be gracing the screen and mm-hmm. then they come in and they be like oh did you not read the bottom the fine, right, the print. fine print yeah yeah it's never it's never okay to lie 
that's that's not that's not helping God out. You know, that's that's prolonging the promise that he gave you. You know, when when God says something to you and and his time clock is is going, it's never going to line up with yours. Ever. It's not because we are impatient. You know, we have 7 seconds, you know, that 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 we can focus and then after that, we we done waiting. We need it microwavable. Most people won't even wait for the air fryer now. <laughs> you steal. Even it'll taste better in the air fryer. Just wait. No, I, I need it to hurry up. And then you get it, and it's soggy, or you know the, the bread is burnt so bad that you can no longer eat it. Sometimes the microwave causes you to have to throw out the whole thing. So while you wait, do your due diligence. Do your preliminary work. Make sure you actually have the space. God has said something to you, make room for what he said. Go clear out the clutter. You know, get rid of your, work on your shadow places so that when the light, when his light actually shines, it's not revealing the dark spaces that you haven't worked on. You know, there's nothing jumping out the window or jumping out of the bushes, you know, on your uh, opening date. You know, do, do your work. You got work to do. If all this stuff that you now, it's amazing to me that we don't think of this stuff until God gives us a promise. God says, I'm going to do this for you. Now we think of all kinds of ways to help God out, but you couldn't think of nothing to help yourself out before he spoke. Now all of a sudden we got all kind of plans. Oh, no, no, no. Put that up. But, but I mean, the Bible says faith without works is dead. So don't I have to do my part? Don't I have to help, help this part along? But I'm just saying I have to, you're not helping. You're not doing God's part. You're doing your part, which is your work. Make sure you have made room for what you asked for. Make sure that you are praying that you're able to steward the promise. Once you get it, clean yourself up, clean your circle out. Make sure that the people you have around you are not killing the promise before you get it. That's, that's your work. God don't need your help on his end. It's enough for you to do on your end. You asking God for business. You haven't even gone out to look at spaces yet. So when he says, okay, now you you don't have a space for it. You ask God for new furniture. You haven't even moved any of the old stuff out of the way. You want new shoes, but you haven't gotten rid of all the old ones that you no longer wear. Clear out the clutter. So that when the promise is answered, you're prepared for it. Prepare yourself for what you ask for. That's your work. Not not his work. Your work. So I can't be like Sarah and tell you to, here's my handmaiden. You God like, promised the child. You can do that. But you remember what happened when the child was born? And she was like, all right, I'm, 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 look at me. Mm-hmm. I'm the captain. You know what I mean? Get him out. Don't even don't add more stuff that needs to be cleaned up once the promise arrives. And that was something that needed to be cleaned up. It needed to be cleaned up. And we don't even know all the backstory of the stuff he had to go through even after they left. Don't touch me, Abraham. <laughs> Come, y'all know how we do. Don't touch. You told me to go in there with her. Mm-hmm, I wouldn't you didn't have to listen. You went in there because you wanted to. Oh, that sounds just like some <laughs> Jesus. Listen. <laughs> just listen. Oh, you want me to fix you something to eat? Get your own porridge. Right. Get her to cook you something. Right. And you know before he kicked her out, before she got pregnant, how she probably was acting. <laughs> hey, Sarah. Hey, girl. 
Hi, you want to hold the baby? Right. <laughs> you want to hold him? You know, can you make me some tea? So tired of nursing Abraham's <laughs> other son. Really? No, his only right, son at the time. At the time, his only son. Abraham doesn't want me to do much heavy lifting right. today. Can He's you? such a good father. <laughs> hey, hey, Abraham. <laughs> you going to get her? You want me to? Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So we did, we did a show called Pardon the Offense. Ooh. You remember that one? I did kind of remember. The, um, the new currency is being offended. Absolutely. Well, why shouldn't I be offended? You said something to me. I've been, I mean, it's okay to express your, your feelings, but you, I can express my feelings. So what's wrong with that? The issue is most people don't want to express their feelings until after someone has expressed their feelings. These aren't feelings that you are genuinely having. You are having an emotional reaction to something that you heard. You can only be offended if you accept the offense. Nobody is offended simply by what somebody said to them. You hear stuff all the time that doesn't bother you. You are only offended by what is said that you actually believe. When somebody says something and it strikes that chord in you because you believe it too, we lash out at them and say we are offended. Ma'am, sir, <laughs> deal with the issue and stop trying to cover it up with the fence. Because if you believe it, then do the work. If you don't believe it, if it don't apply... Let it fly. If it don't apply, let, let it fly. We, I, but it's not that I think that it applies or doesn't apply. I'm just saying, you said it to me. You came at me. I don't feel like you were trying to help me. I feel like you were just trying to call me out. I can't call you out for something that's not there. If I say something to you, and you go, that's that's not true. How many things have you heard about you? It's, it's not even true. Like, I ain't giving that no energy. It's, it's not true. But if they hit something, that's that's it's the truth. And then, mm, <laughs> you either thought nobody saw it, or you're not willing to change it, or it, it now it affects how you feel about yourself. Now I got a problem. Because you have hit close to home. Now I'm in your shadows, and I brought your shadows to the light, and you're upset. But you're really not upset with me. It's the exposure, and you never thought it would get exposed. Now you have to deal with it, and you don't want to deal with it. And then there are people who use offense as a smokescreen to avoid having an uncomfortable conversation. Absolutely. You ain't offended. Absolutely. You just don't know how to have a conversation. Period. Period. Now this was, I, I would probably say. Show. I'm oh yeah, I did. Somebody. Well, this was the next one was my favorite show. Uh -huh. It was probably one of our longest. The Great Fishbowl. Oh, that was my favorite show this year, and that was like the eighth episode. Wow, doesn't seem like it was that <laughs> long ago. Um, the church isn't stunting your growth. 
you're stunting your own growth. Why do, why do you say the church is stunting your growth? The church isn't stunting your growth. You stunt your own growth. Why, why are you calling us a fishbowl? We definitely stunt our own growth. Absolutely. If it's too small for you, get out. But we, Don't stay in the bowl talking to the other fish who comfortable because you're talking <laughs> to goldfish. You a shark. You in the bowl talking to the goldfish complaining about the bowl being too small. It's not too small for them. You're the one who needs to expand. You're the one who the side of the bowl is touching your head and your tail, and you can't stretch out anymore. You're the one. So don't stay in the bowl making all the goldfish uncomfortable, trying to get them to agree with you so that they feel what you feel so they can start a revolt. Jump out the bowl. Go to a tank. It's your responsibility. It's yours. And there's a lot of sharks in, in fish bowls. It's a bunch of them. You can't bite nothing. You can't eat, and you can't eat the goldfish. Come on. You're starving to death. And you got a crook in your back. <laughs> Why is it so tight in here? Right. Sir, you were supposed to buy two seats, you not one. I mean? You are curved in this bowl when you should be in a tank. I just, when I still think about that episode, it's just... We do so much to stop people. I'm, I'm just saying, as when I say church, I'm talking about the build, not mm. the, the body. And it's like, and you always talk about control. That's, that's your key word. It's all about control. Yeah. And it's like, we got to control you. And as long as we control you enough that we keep you in line, mm. we'll make eagles think that they chickens yeah. and, and roosters. And we'd be looking at them, knowing that they eagles. Right. And, and sit there and convince them that they are chickens and roosters. You want them to eat out of your hand. And if I can't control you, I ain't going to use you. And I ain't going to use you but I'm until still gonna, I can control you. But I'm going to keep making you think mm. that you belong in this chicken coop. Because you know what happens? If you put an eagle in a chicken coop, it attracts other eagles. Pretty soon you got a yard full of eagles. Ain't nobody flying. <laughs> But these eagles losing feathers, they got eczema, they got uh, anxiety, they got bald spots on them, and they losing their vision, pecking around in your backyard. Come on, eating chicken feed. <laughs> when y'all supposed to be eating the chickens. Right. You're supposed to grab that chicken and take off back up into the heaven. Right. Nope. We all eating, pecking chicken feed <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> Right. You were like, what? I saw the strangest thing today. I saw about 10 eagles mm -hmm. in a chicken coop. And it was like, it was like their wings were spanned out and they'd be like right. 10 feet. And they would yawn and all of this. You're right. Feathers and, missing. And, and it was like, but they wasn't, they was eating the chicken feed. Right. And then they would like going to the, they couldn't barely fit in the chicken coop. Exactly. Because they ain't made to go in there. They're not. Their nest is in the heavens. Yes. High, way up there. You're supposed to swoop down, get you something, and go on back. Go on back. Take it to your to your chicklings or whatever, right. or your your, your littlings or whatever right. they call baby eagles. All or. the eagles go to the drive-thru. Right. We, we don't sit in the restaurant. <laughs> you get your food to go. To go. Every time. Literally. Every time. You're snatching somebody else. Just snatching right out see, the backyard. And they can see a mile away. Yeah. 
So they like when the other chick is just doop, 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 he see the he see the the master coming with the feed from a hundred yards away, yeah. like food coming. And they be like, How do you know? He'd be like, No, trust me, I right. see him coming. <laughs> like I have you ever seen when they be up high mm-hmm. and then they see a fish like just grazing the, and all of a sudden you see him swoop? He barely <laughs> touched the water and snatched that fish out. Like, what just happened? And and take it right on back up. Yep. Come on. Come on, y'all. Come on. <laughs> Get out of that chicken coop. Listen. Get out of Debo's pigeon coop. <laughs> That's what y'all need to do. Butt naked in Debo's pigeon coop, sweating like a slave. <laughs> we be trying to <laughs> Get out of that pigeon coop. Get out. Um, shoot. Um, so I'm looking. Oh, so one of our most listened to shows was about new ageism and witchcraft. I don't have nothing to defend. <laughs> Not even, but but it's just that's getting big now. And that's something that yeah. the church cannot hide from. Um, even within the church, because they're trying to marry the two. Um, and I know the reason that topic even came up is because a friend of mine called me um, with her friend who was raised Pentecostal, was looking for some business mm-hmm. promise that God made and went to a medium okay. to read for him. So the person who called me was new to to the faith. Mm-hmm. The friend who called her been in the church whole life. So when she asked me to talk to her friend, I was, yeah, I'll talk to her. I didn't use the same tone that I would use with her with her friend. Of course not. Because she know better. Mm-hmm. You know, you, so, you, so you've been raised Pentecostal. And you sitting here telling me who your dad is and he well known and all. So I'm going to ask you again, why are you talking to me? Because you know better. Right. What you going to see a medium for? I don't know. And then you open doors. And I don't think people understand is you open doors spiritually. You can't be uh, possessed, but you can be oppressed. Right. And now this thing in your house. Your kids is slapping each other. They getting disrespectful. Your mm-hmm. husband looking at you crazy. The dog barking at all times of the night. And your house is just in calamity because you opened this door. Right. And this thing didn't attach itself to you. And now it's in your house. And it's, again, it can't possess you, but it will oppress you. Absolutely. Can't sleep somber in the house. And this thing just in here like, like a little leprechaun. Right. Don't tamper around with that stuff. Stay out of there. There's enough mysticism in spiritualism without adding that demonic flavor to it. You don't need it. You don't need it. You already in one living in one world and of another one. And you have to live in this world's system while being governed by the system in the world that you're from. If that's not, mis- and so the life that you live now, you live by faith in, in the son of God. It's, it's not even yours. 
Which is why you need the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. See how all that <laughs> mysticism worked together right there? It came right back it around. It came right back. Yeah. I got one for you. I know this was a, I know you're going to remember this episode. Okay, what is it? Collateral damage. Seems to follow me. <laughs> this was the episode where we talked about um, people who have caused trauma. And then they turn their lives over to Christ. And they they cool. I'm cool. I didn't give my life to Jesus. Right. But you got to deal <laughs> but with But you got to deal. The damage they have done to you. To you. Hey, what? Well, well, so why are you trying to hold account that things that God ain't holding me account for no more? I already told you I was sorry. God has forgiven me. I've mm-hmm. given my life. I'm not about to keep sitting here and feeling like I need to justify nothing. That's on you. Right. And you know, oh, oh, Jesus, almost threw my headset. But it's it's the truth. You know, we all know people who have just lived a reckless life. And then God starts drawing them to him. And then he, he saves them. And now here, here they are, and they are walking in the newness of life. You know, they're just glad that they're not the same person no more. They, I'm walking away from all that. I don't have to look back no more. And then here you are left with the damage they've done to you. Now you really have to reason and reckon with yourself. You got to call all yourself in for a conference because you, like the uh, son that never left home, You've been here under the father's care the whole time. And it's been really good because you know what? The prodigal wasn't even there. So you didn't have to look at him and you didn't have to see him. And so you felt like you was okay until you see this joker coming home. And now your father wants you to go kill the fatted calf and, hey, go get the robe and the ring and then gather the, the, the servants because we getting ready to have a party because they coming home. And you're like, whoa. Wait a minute, wait, wait. Hey, 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 Dad, let's talk about this. Because I never left. And I, I dealt with everything that they that that he did to me before he left. Like, you really didn't deal with it. You just didn't see him anymore, so you pushed it all to the side. And now you see that rascal coming back. <laughs> with a smile on their face. Look, they happy, happy and skipping because the weight has been taken off of them. But the transfer of energy is now on you. What have you been doing this whole time? You got to deal with that. You have to deal with that. You have to deal with the damage that was done to you by someone who is now your brother or someone who is now your your sister or whoever they are to you. You have to deal. Spiritually. Right. Yeah. You got to deal with yourself. You got to reckon with your emotions. You got to get all of that stuff surrendered and under the blood. Now. The caveat to that is it is not always necessary. Hear me and hear me good. It is not always necessary to reconnect the way you did before. It is not. And anybody who's trying to force you to do it, it is spiritual abuse, trying to force somebody back into the same connection they had before just to prove to you that they have forgiven. That's not necessary. The accountability is between me and God. I need to make sure that I'm doing the work so that my vessel is clean. 
so that I can genuinely forgive you. I don't wish any harm. I don't feel like every time I see you coming down this road that I wish a truck would be coming down this road right now. I don't feel like that, and I want you to be okay. But I do not have to give you access to my heart the way that it was before. Absolutely. So I got two more that I want to discuss. You like this? Yeah, that's pretty good. A year in review. Year in review. This was one, let them starve. Do you remember that one? That was about the the, the deal between the Church of God and Christ and the Church right. of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. <laughs> Man. So why should the Church of God and Christ link up with them? I mean, yeah, we want to help homeless people. They help homeless people the way they want to help them, and we help homeless people, but they don't speak in tongues. They don't believe what we believe as far as doctrinally, so why should we connect with them and be able to, to feed these people? I mean, why? If we, if we can go to our jobs and pair up with people who don't speak in tongues to accomplish a common goal, why is it that now that we, we, we hear in the church, but they don't speak in tongues like us or they don't baptize like us, why are we pairing with them? You know, why, why are we pairing with the devil? Are you serious? Are you really serious? It is not necessary for you to believe what I believe for us to accomplish a common goal. It could very well be that while we are working, you remember when uh, Jesus told the lepers go, to go wash, and while they were on their way, they were healed. Sometimes it is necessary for you to partner with somebody who doesn't believe as you believe, and as you work the love that you show while you're working pulls them towards you. It's not all, and it's not always a us versus them. It's us versus this system that has created this systematic homelessness that exists in our countries. And that is the system that we should be fighting against. I ain't fighting against you. Listen, you, you make, you get the bread. I got the meat. Somebody else got the cheese. I don't listen. I ain't even asking you what you believe. Put that cheese on this sandwich and pass it down to the next person. Hey, I, I guarantee you this. The homeless man don't care what none of y'all believe. Don't care. Do you think when you pass them the bag, they're going to ask you, hey, hey, before I take this bag from you, are you a tongue talker? Right. Before I eat this sandwich, take this toothbrush, take this toothpaste, these underwear, underclothes that I have not had in years. Right. I need to know. Is Jesus your personal Lord and Savior? Do you know what I mean? You are about to be the best representative or one of the best representatives of Jesus ever by what you are about to do. And it is sad that you are arguing in here about the expression of love that goes out there. I'm still uh, just... I forgot all about it, but thinking about it right now, getting me upset all over again. The fact that he pulled out and said, okay, you know what? We, we won't. Well, he didn't want to pull out. No, but he did it. But he did it because he was basically forced by the, his board board or whatever. But it's just like, that is the kind, to me, before we get to the left, to me, those are the times where I have to stand on principle and I'm stepping down. I would have stepped down. Not only am I announcing that the deal is off, Mm -hmm. I am announcing that I have struck up a separate deal to work with them Mm -hmm. to be able to still accomplish this work and that I will no longer be the presiding bishop Mm -hmm. 
over this organization. No hard feelings. Because at the end of the day, it's about the people and the soul. What? Let me let me tell you. Let, let, let me just share this. And this is why. This is why I disagree. This is why I wouldn't let you step down. I'm the chair of okay. our union, and we've been in negotiations now. A hundred so years. <laughs> just trying to get this contract done. And there are two women who are on our side. They're not a part of my actual negotiating team, but they are part of the, 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 the union, the local. Okay. And it was so antagonistic in the room and just combative. And there have been so many times where I've had to say, listen, you can't behave like that. I understand that you have to do it, yeah, but you need a pit bull in the room, but you bite who I tell you to bite. You just can't be in here biting everybody, and you can't bite me and my team. And it was so confrontational so many times when we met to even, before we could even get with the other team, it was so frustrating to walk into the room with them until it finally came to a head, and, you know, we exchanged some words. I don't, I don't cuss, well, no bad words, but let me tell y'all something, because this is where I'm transparent. I, When I tell you I wanted to cuss out everybody in the room, I was so upset. It was on the tip of your tongue. It was in here, my throat. It hadn't made it to my tongue yet, but it was right here. And I was so angry that tears were literally starting to, to formulate in my eyes. And one of my team members put them out of the room. She was like, my chair needs a minute, and y'all got to get out. She was like, I wasn't going to let you go like that. And I said to them, I was like, listen, I, I, I think it's time for me to step down. I was like, figure out what y'all going to do without me. But I can't continue like this. This, this is not how I want to represent myself. This ain't how I'm going to represent God. I don't like it. And, you know, of course, they gave me some pushback. Like, you know, you can't step down. Like, I, I never thought I would hear you say that. Well, you know what? I didn't. Everybody got a point. Go. And then I started, you know, I'd had several conversations with God. And I, when I tell you, it seemed like the more I talked to him, the more confrontational they became. And once I said I was going to step down, I'm like, I'm going to talk to you one more time. Because it just can't continue like this. And he started giving me some ideas. And when I, when I went back into the room, I went in with these ideas and the belief that it's going to be okay. And when I tell you that was the best meeting that we had had and we made movement like we had never made before. So there comes a time that you're going to be tested so you can see where you thought your limit was. Because when you're, when you're at your extreme, your extremity is God's opportunity if we allow it to be. So I didn't step down, pulled him with me. He pulled out. I mean, that didn't. But it, you know, <laughs> I understand. Jesus, <laughs> <sighs> you know, God, yeah. he'll come through. Yeah, you know, especially when we're at our wits' end, and you just feel like God, if you don't do something, I don't, I don't know. He'll come through. He'll come through. Yeah, I mean, if if you, it'll have to be somebody like you to have to talk me off the ledge because I know me. I, I I would be in this meeting looking at them like, what are y'all like? What are y'all talking about? Like, what 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 are y'all talking about? Yeah, it takes the wisdom of God, which is why you need the Holy Spirit. 
because it takes the wisdom. But sometimes, but that's I'm Shonda. I know it. That's why I be looking. I know because it because it's not about you. It's not, and they making it about them. Or not even they're making it about an organization. God is bigger than an organization. Get right. him out of this box. It should be about these people that we're trying to feed. It's not about your organization. It's not about my organization because we have the same goal, which is to take care of of the homeless, to take care of the poor. That's what the focus should be. What on. are you doing for the least amongst us? Absolutely. Absolutely. Matter of fact, I don't want you speaking in tongues in here. I need you making boxes, bags, like Elder Cass. When we bring you in here to fix the air conditioner, don't be in here speaking in tongues. Fix the air conditioner. You in here to feed the homeless. You are not in here to fight about who's right and what's right. We are in here for a common goal, and that common goal is not what's written on the, the mission statement in our buildings. Is you let is you sold. let your cousin Chucky do your plumbing? Cause he's saved, right? Or as you call him Roto Rooter. Hello, cause Chucky in the office. He's sitting down with the secretary. He in the kitchen. He all over the place. He at the altar. Hey, hey, Chucky. This ain't prayer is on Tuesdays. <laughs> we need you to fix this. Yeah, we can't flush the toilets. We need you to fix. This. Do the work. The church, church people, be doing church things during work time. Roto Rooter, okay? That's who you call it. And, Stanley and, and I, Steamer. I, and I know Roto Rooter. I don't know their mission statement, but I know they open on Sundays, which tell me they ain't like the man that owned Chick fil A. Right. Which means I know what I know. But now all of a sudden, when it comes to grouping together with Roto Rooter or Stanley Steamer to feed some people, mm-hmm. what well, ain't say the way we say. I just need you to steam clean these hardwood floors. <laughs> Unplug this plumbing so we can carry on. Bro, I just, I can't flush the toilet. I don't, I don't, Matthew, yeah, uh, John 316, okay, cool. <laughs> just fix, fix the toilet. Right. Just, just fix the toilet, brother. Please. <laughs> you don't understand. So, the last one, and I say this for last because I know you feel a way about this. Uh-oh. The myth of marriage. <laughs> Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. We did back-to-back shows on this. I don't even remember that. It was a part one and a part had, two. I think we, we had to come The back. first one, we it says we discuss marriage, sex, and relationships, the myth versus the reality. And then on the second one, it was we continue from last episode's conversation of marriage, sex, and relationships, as well as uh, to put a cap on the uh, topic, and then this week's block is hot and God has gotten. But – it was like two one-hour episodes, so it must have been just a lot. I would have to go back and listen to really know. But um, to me, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, I believe that outside of a lack of education, mm-hmm. per se, within the body of Christ, meaning studying for yourself, getting an understanding for yourself, I would think, I would say this is probably the second biggest problem within the church. Because, as you would say, we don't know what it is to be, what covenant is in marriage. Right. Most people people just think that it's 
you go to the state house and get your license and then you come and you stand at the church and most people think it's the vows and that it's the marriage license that does it and it's not that's not the covenant the covenant has always been blood always there were no wedding rings and uh all no no marriage licenses and all that stuff you know you you went to her uh, father and you asked for her hand, you paid whatever the dowry was, however many cows or whatever it is. You know, you had to give up. And then Because he was losing a worker. Exactly. And then he went to prepare a place, you know, for her. And then Weared when up. it was time, he would take her into the to the sacred marriage tent. And all the people would be gathered outside the tent, including the priest, waiting for him to come out with the cloth with blood on it that said she was pure. If it didn't happen, then, you know, they just throw her to death. That's a different show. Yeah, that's a whole different show right there. How many? I never did that. You know what I mean? Sex. So if you are in a, a, a sexless union, you, yo, you ain't got no covenant. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. They don't want to hear that. The person you are having, you know, sex with is who you're married to. <laughs> you gonna get some people? I know. Spell my name right. <laughs> it's with an O. I think we're gonna be in that basement. Just yeah. that line alone. <laughs> just that. Just whoever you having sex with, that's who you in. That's who you married. I don't care how long you've been married. You ain't having sex with him. Y'all ain't married. Boom. Blood. It was the covenant. Yeah. And it's always been. Mm-hmm. It is the same way that if you marry someone now, you go through all these, you know, get your marriage license. You gather all the people together. You spend all this money and, and you go down the aisle. You stand in, in front of the, the church and you make this, this these vows that you think are your covenant, then you go home and you don't consummate your marriage. You can get that thing and know they snatch, tear up all the paperwork like it never even happened. You know why? Because you never consummated. You never had sex with them. So if they can do that and it is like it never happened, what? why is it so significant that you go through it, people? Open your eyes and stop letting folks just tell you all these beautiful lies and you buy it hook, line, sinker, boat, motor, and tackle box and build your life around it and wonder why you can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> that came from a, a deep place right there. I could feel that. You know, that, that, that was that. like that came from where the collard greens and the cornbread <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the country fried steak with the white gravy. You know, wisdom is the principal thing. So get wisdom. But in all you're getting, get understanding. You know, if you want something hidden, put it in a book. But if you want people to perish for lack of knowledge, put it in the Bible. We had a good season this season. I think so. Probably right up until this point, right? We had some good we got some good episodes. And if you're new to the show, please go back and listen to them. Um this will be dropping Christmas morning, so after you've opened the gifts, give it a listen. 
And why, if you off this week, go back and listen to some of them old episodes. It don't necessarily yeah. have to be that one, but just go back and listen and support the show. I always say, uh, listen, like, subscribe, mm-hmm. and share. And I mean that. Um, this is a, a not just a passion project, but a project of love. I feel like Shonda feels the way I do that. I come here and I do this because I love people. Yes, I love God first and foremost. And because I love God, I have to love his people. Absolutely. And we do this because we love the people and we want y'all to be informed. And we want you to think. You know, if we can provoke thought, you know, have some, think for yourself. You Please know, if, think if for yourself. If we said something that challenges the way you have thought, then great. That means you're going to go and do some research and and figure it out and find out for yourself. Yeah, don't just take what we say. Hook, right. line, sinker, boat, tackle, whatever. Right. Just don't, don't, I want to go fishing now. Right. Just, you understand what I'm saying? Don't yeah. even, because. Check it out. Check it out. And, 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 and all thy getting get under study to show thyself approved. Yes. A good worksman who need not be ashamed, but rightly divide the word of truth. Mm-hmm. So before we finish this show, you know we got to do. I know you got something. I can feel it. Listen. I can feel it. I can feel it. I know something happened. I can feel it. You haven't, and she didn't tell me nothing before the show, but I just feel like it's something there. Listen, the block is just on fire. The block been on, the block is on smolder. It is so much stuff that is happening. There, there have been a couple of things happening. I, you know, I just get it off. This the end of the, the end. this the end of the, this the end of the year. The end of the year. Just it's, get it. Just get it off well, right let's now. Run it. Just run it. Um, who? She has notes in front of her people, and I have not seen these notes. <laughs> just go with it. The fear fast. Let yeah. it all out. Listen, this thing to warm me out. Uh, I, I want to talk about a couple things. Um, there was a. I saw a couple of videos, and one that was a man who followed um, a young girl into the ladies' room. She was out to eat with her father and went to the bathroom, and he got up and followed her into the bathroom. And she screamed, and the people were able to make it in there to assist her before anything bad could happen to her. And these people wore that man out and held him until the police arrived. And then there was a man who was dressed as a woman. It was clear that he was a man. He, he, you know, he hadn't tried to have no kind of surgeries or transition in any kind of way. Six o'clock shadow. Oh, yeah. It was clear he was a man. But he was dressed as a woman that attempted to go into the ladies' room while the father was waiting outside of the door on his daughter to come out of the bathroom. And he's like, man, if you go into this bathroom, what what they bring out of there ain't going to be the same thing that went in. My daughter is in the bathroom. And this guy in this, in this dress got really upset and offended that this father wouldn't allow him to go in the bathroom. Like, you can't tell me what bathroom I can go in. You know, I feel if I identify as a woman, I should be able to go into the ladies' room. Let me tell y'all something. Identify how, however you want to. 
I ain't even got no argument about that. Even if you tell me to call you Keisha, I'm going to call you Keisha. I will, whatever the pronoun is, I'll respect you as another human, whatever, whatever, however you want. But I do not believe that you should be, that men should be in the bathroom with women. I also don't believe that women who are sometimes more treacherous than men should be in the bathroom with men. If I catch a woman in the, trying to go in the bathroom behind my son, I would have the same aggression for her that I would have for a man trying to go into the bathroom with, with a lady. There are some things that you just cannot change. You just can't. Another thing on the block that's got, got, got my heart rate up is the sexual harassment of our men that is not addressed with the same energy as the harassment of women. It is just as disgusting. It's just as much of a problem and it needs to be addressed with the same kind of, of sentences. It's funny you say that because our minds was kind of similar to that. So can I piggyback you real quick? Absolutely. <clears throat> I got to say. We got more on the road. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I got to say this. Because when we talk about over-sexualized men, we have to understand, and I've, I've, I've once heard a statement that every woman knows a woman that's been raped, so why don't men know rapists? And, and my statement has always been to that, no real man is going to, a man, a man, men that know you are a real man ain't going to tell you that they raped a woman before. They right. not. But I know men personally who have been sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. But because we sexualize men, they don't think they were sexually assaulted or molested or they don't believe that it was sexual assault or a molestation. When you were 10 or 11 and your babysitter, who was 18, 19, a freshman in college, 2021, 20, came and gave you oral sex or came and fondled you or forced you to perform sexual acts on them, you, sir, have been molested or raped. Mm -hmm. But because you enjoyed it, see, that sexual energy starts earlier on boys than it does on girls. But just because you enjoyed it, you were still taken advantage of. Absolutely. And that sexual energy now becomes extreme the older you get. And we talk about all you these predators and all this other stuff. Well, not justifying it, but it was a damage that was done. And I know tons of men that this has happened to at a young age mm -hmm. that had sexual acts performed on them by same sex or opposite sex as children. The ones that happen to same sex, they too embarrassed to talk about. So they'll never talk about because we don't allow men that space to talk about those things without ridiculing them or making them feel some type of way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think about Jerry Sandusky and the Penn State issue and the, and him as a coach molesting these children. And, they, and this guy who was wrote an article about it said that the saddest thing he's ever seen in his life was 50-year-old men looking like children crying on the stand, mm -hmm. reliving what had happened to them as young boys. Right. Because you don't age past that emotionally. Chronologically, it doesn't stop. But emotionally, it does, which is why you have a 50-year-old body 
but you got an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old child inside of this body that has been waiting for vindication and rescue. Waiting for it. Men don't, I've talked to several men who have been abused, who still feel the shame and anger of their bodies betraying them and not knowing how to reconcile. You know, it felt good, but it was wrong. Or another man did this to me and I was aroused. Does that make me this Absolutely. way? Right. Absolutely. It has been, you know, that, 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 whew, yeah, it bothers me. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's something that needs to be discussed on the forefront. It's not a taking away from what has happened to women because that is disgusting as well. This is not a either or. It should be an and and also. All of it needs to be addressed with the same vigor. Mm-hmm. When when I'm seeing, and Shonda, I see it like now it's getting to the point now. I feel like once a week I'm seeing where a teacher has been having sex with a student. I saw one that happened where the teacher gave the student a gun. Mm. I saw one um, where people were trying to say, well, the boy was 18. And it's like, but there's still a power. Now y'all say it's 18, but if it was a woman, now you talk about the power dynamic. But because he was 18, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's still wrong. There's right. a power dynamic. Like it, it, it either is or it isn't. Right. Don't don't tell me it's a power dynamic with a man, but then, well, he's 18, he's old enough to make a choice when it's a boy. The power dynamic doesn't still exist. It does. So if it ain't six in one hand and a half dozen in the other, I don't want to hear it. I got you. All right, I'm sorry. So. No, it's okay because we we just get yeah. started. Continue. Another thing on on the block is the Bishop Jake's situation with Sean Combs, P Diddy, Puffy, call him whatever you want to. Right. Um, and and Bishop Jake's being accused. And it's of a being gay. But go ahead. I'll, I'll be for. Uh, go ahead. No, no. We can we can toss. Yeah. This around. This is the problem that I have that we need to be careful. That accusations become reality. Reality. Yep. There has been no credible, nothing like even with the P. Diddy Cassidy thing. There have been rumors for years about the abuse. Mm -hmm. There have been rumors for years from other people in the industry about how P. Diddy is being. And now it's just coming to the forefront. There has been one person on TikTok makes a video, one person with some unsubstantiated accusations, and this man is trending on Twitter for two days. Trending everywhere. <laughs> oh, I know it's on Facebook Twitter, and TikTok, YouTube, and it's like trending everywhere. We're, we're we're like the fact that it's a famous quote by um, Winston Churchill that says. A lie gets halfway across the world before the truth has had a chance to put his pants on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's true or not, but let's let some substantiation come before we be really just ridiculing people. Yeah, I, I agree. It's all since we, we since we out here. Let's go on and, and put this in here too with Christian Keys and Tyler Perry, because all of them are are trending the same way for some of the same things. And circumstantial evidence is powerful. You know, all there needs to be is an accusation. You don't, they don't need to be facts or, or evidence. And this, and here, here's the thing. 
This is why we, as people, have to be careful who we attach ourselves to. And I think just because, just my opinion, you ain't got to subscribe to this, just because the bishop attached himself to Sean Combs in some kind of way, he's getting some backlash because of all the Cassie stuff that happened. Now he's roped in it because he was attached to Puffy, because he attended a party. It is known that he attended this party, but not how long he stayed, if anything happened at the party, just the fact that he was there at, at a birthday party. I understand that because I've been accused of some things that I didn't do just because of who I, I knew. Here he is. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't have a clue. Same thing with Tyler Perry and Christian Keys. He never called his name. He's made so many little innuendos. Could be, could be not. We don't know. But we have, people have come to conclusions based on circumstantial evidence and or it, minimal Evid- minimal uh, wording, not and it's, evidence. And it's but. dangerous to do that because people's reputations, guilty or not, right. become out there because, again, with social media that we live in today, mm-hmm. there are videos that drop. And if I don't defend myself, I'm guilty. And if I do defend myself, I'm guilty. Right. This will be attached to... Um, Bishop Jakes, whether it goes away or not, it'll be attached to him for years to come. You know, it'll be attached to uh, Tyler. If if he did it, hey, you know, the, the truth will eventually come out for either one of them. But if they didn't, it'll be attached because of who they are connected to. And it just remi- who you are around is important. Absolutely. And I said that to say this. It reminds me of two stories, one of Aiken. And when they were in their little convoy and they were supposed to destroy AI and, and, and destroy everything and don't take nothing, and he had hid some stuff inside his tent and the Israelites was dying, it's not like they were just And he know, ain't sick. dying. No, he wasn't dying. But people were dropping dead and, and they were losing and they didn't know why. And they was like, everybody clean out their tent because something is going wrong for them to get to him. And discovered that he had things hidden, he had sacred things hidden in his tent. And him and his family were punished because of it. And it also reminded me of Jonah. When he wasn't going to do what God said, and he got on the boat, and they were out there on, on the ocean thinking they were about to die. And he down in the bottom of the boat. He knew it was him. He's like, you know, just throw Sleeping throw like me a over. baby. Right. He was like, you know, it's me. Throw me over. Sometimes you're going through something because of what you did. Sometimes you're going through something simply because of who you are connected to. You got to be careful of the situation that you put yourself in. And this is it. Almost this is the last thing. Oh, no, I got you. People act like the stars don't matter. That astrology is not, is not important. I'm not saying that you should... Uh, be an astrologer or anything like that. But biblical times called for the astronomers to understand the stars. That's how they numbered the days. The evening and the morning were the first day. You know, you looked at the stars. That's how you determine times and seasons. So you can't act like they don't matter. And the time that we are in right now when Pluto 
is electric sliding into Aquarius. It is demanding that the truth come forward. It's why we're seeing a lot of these things that are happening, a lot of stuff, a lot of information. It is the age that we are in. It is the time when information is coming out. So stop acting like you don't know what's going on. Stop acting like you don't know that you need to be cleaning yourself up. Stop acting like you don't know that you got some Negroes in your camp that you need to get out. Stop acting like you don't know, like you don't see what they're doing, like you don't hear what they're saying, like you don't see the kind of lifestyle that they live in. Stop acting like you don't know that can come back to bite you. Stop acting like you don't see it. You don't hear it. You don't feel it and you know it because you've been around them so long and because you've known them so long and because your families are connected. Whatever the reason you've given it, look at it for what it is. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a block is hot. And she was hot. Man, she had notes and post-its and the whole nine. I didn't want to feel it. Oh, no, no, no. I understand. Only thing I'll, I'll say is this one part is with with the Christian Keys, Tyler Perry, T.D. Jake situation. That's some, And I agree with everything you said about Aiken and Jonah. But sometimes people are called to do certain things. And, and you might end up in places like Jesus ended up with the people and the Pharisees is like, why are you with them? He said, you understand what I'm saying? Where it's like, say if you were invited to come and speak at P Diddy, I'm having this birthday party. Can you just come and bless the food for me? Mm-hmm. And you pray about it. Like I'm, that ain't even my crowd. You pray about Lord saying, I want you to go. And this is what I want you to say. Mm-hmm. So you pray, but you pray in a way that you like saying things, but just the fact that you went, Mm-hmm. becomes the issue. I don't know what TDJ said when he was there. I don't know if he blessed the food, what he said. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Right. But then these things come out about this person. Now you're attached to it mm-hmm. or whatever. And sometimes that can be the cross that you have to bear that comes with it. Right. That has to be the collateral damage that comes with your ministry because we don't know what everybody's ministry is. Right. And some people know Hosea, who was signed up to be, who would have signed up to be Hosea? Right. Anybody signing up to be him as a prophet? Mm-mm. I want to be the one that the sheriff and put the coals on my lips and says that I'm clean with my lips so I can speak his word. Right. I want to be the one that he say, go marry this, right. <laughs> this loose woman and keep, I mean, you want to like yeah. he had God told Hosea to, Shonda. Now, I just want you to think about this now. Mm-hmm. I come to you and I say, Shonda, you know so-and-so? You be like, yeah, I know so-and-so. We getting married. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, we getting married. Like, well, when did y'all start dating? I mean, why have I not heard about this? I got questions. Right. I'm uh, I'm going to take, take, take them in and they, they five, six kids, about five, six different men, and I'm going to love on them. And then... A month after we get married, somebody be like, guess who I saw leaving out of so-and-so? And you call B. I just heard, don't worry, I'll go get her. Go get her and what? <laughs> Take her to get a divorce? No, I'm going to go get her and bring her home mm-hmm. and love on her. We read about it, and it's acceptable to us because we know. Mm-hmm. But when you're in that, when you're living that, 
God told him to do that. Just like Job. We're okay with the Job, excuse me. We're okay with the Job situation because we read about it. But if I'm in a pinch and my people show up and don't say nothing for seven days, like how do you think Job felt? Like, and they just staring at him, just like shaking their head. For seven days. The Bible said they said nothing Not for seven a word. a word. Just looking at him. And the first thing that came up, the, all right. And when they did start talking, <laughs> y'all could have just you could have just been quiet. I wish you had stayed quiet. So I think sometimes we read these things and we don't get the perspective of somebody lived this. Yeah. Let's just give some uh, some what? perspective to the Hosea and Gomer. Oh no, 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 I, I no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm I always like to give, but I'm just saying from the standpoint of right. We know that that was an illustration of right. God and Israel. Right. But he still chose somebody mm -hmm. to have to live that life. Right. So go ahead. I'm sorry, but no, that's what that's, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. Like yeah. that was a representation of his relationship with Israel. Right. And how he they kept going after other gods. Right. You know, so he gave them a powerful illustration by right. using, you know, Hosea and, and Gomer to do so. Right. We ain't telling nobody. To do that. To do that. I just, because yeah. for people who don't know that story. Right, for sure. We, I'm not telling you to yeah. marry a, but I don't know what God tells people to do. Right. And that's, and that was basically my introduction because right. some people's ministries are different. Right. I've had to go places where it, I wasn't invited. It wasn't a church where I was invited to, right. to speak. You know, these you, your last five, six speaking yeah, engagements. They weren't at churches. Right. They were not at churches. But you still brought God with you. Absolutely. And it had nothing to do with church. It had nothing to do with church or a church building. I'm the church. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Shonda, you just gave revelation. Did y'all hear that? So you mean the building isn't the church? The building isn't the church. It's actually just the building until we get there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So you mean if that building is dormant, mm -hmm. then it's not the church? No. So if nobody in there, it's not the church? Nope. It's just whatever it's called. That's mm -hmm. second Ebenezer. Mm -hmm. That's You call it whatever you want. But it's just the building. Until the church get there. I just I just learned something new. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. I, I wherever appreciate Wherever I go, it becomes the church. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I, I didn't know that. I, yeah. I'm flabbergasted. Yeah. I'm, when you get there, oh, ladies and gentlemen, I just learned something. No, just <laughs> no. That I mean, absolutely. And that's the thing that people have to understand. We are the church. Mm -hmm. We are the body. Yes. The quicker we understand that, mm -hmm. the more we know. Wherever I go, the church is with me. I am a traveling church. Yes. Every. So that's why we have to be better representatives of Christ and his excellence mm -hmm. than the building. Because we want people to come to the church. And be and a because part. because of what people see you doing in your church, that's why they don't want to come to church. That's why. Man, they, they drunk in that church. That, that church just threw back uh, seven. Seven shots. Yeah. Seven shots with... Chasers, a couple boiler rooms, you know what I mean? some Jaeger bombs, boom. Yo, you're, and you're I know this stuff because I used to hang out, so right. I know. I wasn't a drinker, but I know the drinks. Exactly. This is this is why people are not 
coming to God because God is bad. They are not coming because the ambassadors are having problems with their representation of him. So they ain't coming to your building because you as the church are the representation Mm -hmm. and they'll know you by the way you love and they'll know you by the, how the way you act. Yeah, They saw what you did with your church and they was like, it ain't working for you. They said to Peter, Oh, you one of them. You talk like them. So obviously Peter was doing something different. Mm -hmm. Well, however he talked, however he carried himself, let them know that he was a follower of Christ. Absolutely. He couldn't even hide it. Let me tell you something. You will not be a follower without some identifying characteristics. You can't, you can't be, you can't be, I don't care about your habit. I care about your hard work. Amen. So that was the extended block is hot. We're not going to do our normal clothes. Cause this wasn't a normal show. Um, couple things before I do the official close. I just, again, want to thank you, Shonda, for taking this journey with me, riding this road. I appreciate you. Um, I look forward to the next season and the new things that will be happening, the new blessings, the the stories we'll be able to talk about, the opportunities. Because one thing about this thing, this ain't never going to stop as far as things to talk about when it comes to, to the body and of Absolutely. Christ and things like that. Um. But I'll just be doing the clothes like the year, the yearly clothes of the show. There you go. As we enter a new year, it's often that a lot of times people talk about New Year's resolutions. And I want to do things differently next year. And and I want to take opportunity to start over. And I'm, I'm going to lose these 20 pounds or I'm going to stop eating this. Or I'm going to be more financially um, um, secure in the things that I do. I'm going to save this amount. Whatever it may be, I just want us to start understanding when we make these proclamations that we don't disregard waking up every day. The blessings of God. I think sometimes as saints, we look so much forward to the big blessing, the huge house, the extravagant car, the the the, the ten million dollar lottery windfall, whatever it may be, that we don't appreciate the air that we breathe, the health that we have, the ability to roll out of bed and stand on your own two feet, under your own roof, drinking your own water, things that sometimes us in the West just take for granted, period. People who you've talked that's been on missions and people who live in huts and don't have clean drinking water. I think it's time that we have to be stewards of understanding that the smallest of small blessings are actually the biggest of big blessings. Do you have heat when it's cold outside? Do you have air conditioning when it's hot outside? Do you have the ability to work and don't have to live off social security? Do you have the ability to take care of your children and don't have to beg, borrow or steal from other people? As we go into this new year and you decide whatever your resolutions may be, take a moment to reflect and thank God for the things that he's done. And the number one thing is, is if you're listening to this, that he woke you up. So I thank God for waking me up and I thank God for waking you all up. And with that being said, I just want to thank you all for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. 
We look forward to talking to you guys next year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. And until next time, God bless. And we're out.